Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. Mississippi State and Ole Miss getting set of this series between these two schools that dates back to 1901. And since the year 1915, with the exception of World War II years, these teams have met on an annual basis. Derek Pagese! Derek Pagese! In the open field! He will take it through the end zone! Touchdown, Bulldogs! Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, my goodness! It's a foot race, and Walton is going to go all the way! Has running room toward the goal line and the corner scores. Rapid in maroon and white. This ball game is officially in the record book. Picked off by Ole Miss. Down the sidelines goes Bridges. He's taking it to the house. Touchdown, Rebel! that we are off welcome to egg bowl week on sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk tv as always we come to you from the pearl river resort studios pearl river resort we were there last week a lot of fun always being at pearl river resort you uh, can check out the sports book inside the golden moon casino part of pearl river resort and pearlriverresort.com Let's open them up. Want to hear from you. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more about them online at ceasefire.com slash business. Pretty good weekend. A weekend that, you know, the, the slate didn't look good going into the weekend. No. But as is... Usually the case, it kind of delivered. There were some upsets that were mixed in. There were some competitive games that were mixed in. There was a great bad weather game that was mixed in. Uh, I can't remember. I, I, I listened to several college football podcasts. Somebody described the Washington-Oregon State game as being played in a, inside a washing machine. I thought that was a pretty good descriptor. Pretty good. Uh, for uh, at least the first half, first three quarters of that game. It was a good college football weekend, and it was a weekend that saw Mississippi State get a win against Southern Miss, saw Ole Miss get a win against ULM, and so both teams with a little bit uh, better taste in their mouth going into the final game of the regular season. Hello, boys. Good to be with you. my, My weekend's been ruined, though. It was a good weekend. Had a lot of fun with the little guy, and then I got the weekend that was. Yeah, sit down on my chair right here, pull up 
social media, and what do I see? Breaking news. Taylor Swift will not be in attendance tonight for Eagles Chiefs. What are we going to do? No Taylor Swift tonight. I didn't know the Eagles and the Chiefs were playing tonight either. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm crushed. I'm actually kidding about that. That's I'm the just, best Monday night football matchup we've had in a long time. I just cry. I mean, I had a great weekend, and now I'm not going to get cutaway shots of Taylor Swift hanging out with Patrick Mahomes' yeah. wife. What am I going to do? She it's better to do than go to that game. I think she's playing a concert in, like, Buenos Aires or something. Oh, well, yeah, that's good. She was kind to cancel some concerts because it was really hot and didn't want people to suffer over the weekend as well. Yeah, well, but I, I am crushed. So I'm glad we get to talk about the Egg Bowl in college football to, you know, make me feel better after after the news. Mr. Haydad, you got your mind right? Are you just out here puttering uh, yes. around, putzing around, sad mouthing and poor mouthing like you had for the last two? I don't even know why we'll play the game. We'll miss them, beat them, two touchdowns. And then all of a sudden there's a win against Southern Miss, a four-wheeler in the locker room, and whoo, let's go, get your mind right, I'm ready to go. What's up, buddy? Let me tell you something, Cross. You better and tell I, I, me I, I something. Of, oh, I'll tell you something. All right, my mind stays right. All right, yeah. 365 days a year, my mind is right. And the other thing I want to point out is there is never a time where I'm like, let's not play the egg bowl. Mm. Never. Not once in this lifetime have those words ever come across my mouth. Um, you know, unlike some fan bases, oh, leave the trophy on the field. We don't. It's not our real rival. What are uh, we talking about? Why don't you just shut your sad, mouth? Sad, I mean, just... I would agree. I agree. It is sad. It is sad. I don't have to recycle. Y'all bring it back up every year. Who is y'all? You ever heard me say y'all. that? Y'all. Like, the I just, I, the I collective don't of trophy, y'all. Trophy, don't trophy. All I need is a scoreboard. That's all I really need. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe you get one this year. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right. How you doing, Richard? Good to see you, man. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, I got it. Can I tell you all about something real quick that has nothing to do that I'm actually really excited about? You can about? tell us anything you want. We this is a, we are family on this show. So, so you know that I've had mixed emotions this year. It was it was sad for me not to be with the Ole Miss radio crew and kind of on the sidelines and traveling with them because I enjoy that. But it's been a really right. fun college football season for me, getting to do television play by play every week, American Conference games. I'm not about to pretend, they're not even about to pretend that it's the same type atmosphere as you know being in SEC stadiums, but it's been a really good year. Not this weekend, but next weekend, I got a really cool assignment. I'm, I'm fired up about uh, FCS playoff game. Oh. Did you get Furman? Who? No. No. Oh man, no. I was. Where you had it? God, I was so pumped up. I was going to send you a five thousand word text message of everything you need to do. <laughs> Dang well, it! And where are you case, going? I, mean, I am going to Brookings, South Dakota. Ooh, heck oh, yeah. heck the yeah. number one overall seed, South Dakota State, will host the winner of Mercer and uh, Gardner Webb. So Mercer Gardner Webb is this weekend, wow. and the winner of that game goes to the number one seed. So I'm actually so really no SEC championship that. game for you, but no. you get to go to you get to do it. That's awesome though. South, yeah. have you ever been to the state of South Dakota? I have not. I've not. All right, cross it off the list. That's awesome. Congrats. Parts man. of the Upper Midwest, and uh, it, it was funny. So Taylor and I were talking about yeah a couple of weeks ago. Hey, this might happen. Wonder. I was like, well, if they're going to send us somewhere, just send us somewhere where it snows. South Dakota, 
okay, I just checked the long-range forecast, and the predicted high is 37 two weeks out. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, That's the high. Yeah, I know. That is the high. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to that That's in a awesome. couple of weeks. But this is Egg Bowl week. And uh, do you have a corresponding pocket square, or are you pulling the scarf out? <laughs> Course, but like, like what? Like a an FCS pocket square? No, he's talking about for this week. You got your red blue red blazer with blue pocket square. How does that work? I don't own a red blazer. Okay. Come on now, try some more sartorial jokes oh, that aren't funny. I thought it was funny, personally. Yeah, just with you. Messing with you. Um, all right, so how are we feeling? <laughs> That's what he's going to do all week, Borky. Right there. He's going to be like, oh, hey, Dad, you piece of garbage. Right now. Oh, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing <laughs> with you, man. That's all week. I can already Pro- feel it. Probably won't be the last time that you get a, nah, I'm just messing with you. Um, how are we feeling like going it. into Bring this ballgame on. On, uh, on Thursday night? So let me pose the question to you guys. Because uh, I'm stealing it from myself on Twitter. The second the games ended Saturday, I thought, did anything that just happened change the way I think Thursday is going to go? Uh, so I'm going to pose that to you. Watch the two games simultaneously. Ole Miss looked like garbage offensively in the first half, and then they woke also up. Also and... referred to as poo-poo. Yes, that. Uh, terrible. I mean, uh, so, and then they figured it out and Lane after the game. And, Would you go so far as to say putrid? Yeah. Yeah. It was a putrid okay, okay. first half offensively. And, you know, Lane said today, or I guess it was after the game. I've watched yeah, both exactly. games. Where they straight up didn't really do any Louisiana Monroe prep that they focused on the Egg Bowl. They, that's as you should. If you're going to play that game, then that's what you do. That's what that's what you should do if you got Louisiana Monroe on the schedule. But uh, now, now, hey, now, now, forgive me for derailing your your thought process, but that's not something that Mississippi State has. I don't know if it matters or not. I don't know if having three or four extra days to prep for the game matters. But that's not something that Mississippi State had the luxury of doing last week because they were busy firing a coach, finding an interim head coach, and then because they were playing better, have to give Southern Miss the due respect and preparation that was deserved. So Yeah, and the best-case scenario would have been just like Ole Miss, that State was just better than USM, didn't have any worries, and could have put some Ole Miss prep into last week. But I agree, they probably didn't. So you watch the games. You know, it was a six-point game in the fourth, and State still won by three touchdowns uh, nonetheless. But did anything that happened on Saturday change the way you thought about Thursday's game Going into it, mm. yes. The way I think about it, I don't know if it changes the outcome, but it changes the way I think about it just a little bit. And I think Mississippi State is in a better headspace than they were a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Does that mean they're a better football team? I don't know. Does that mean that Bo Wallace is going to throw it better than 12 of 27? Bo Wallace, I'm sorry. I, we're going to talk with Bo Wallace. Hold on a second. We're going to talk with Bo Wallace later this afternoon. I had a text message that just popped up from him on my phone. What I was trying to say, does that mean Will Rogers is going to be better than 12 of 27? No. It's not necessarily what it means. Well, if State can pressure Wayne Madkin this week, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is... 
and a lot of people that are laughing about the four-wheeler in the locker room thing, I haven't seen a scene like that surrounding a Mississippi State football team in a long time where it looked like they were genuinely fired up, and my guess is that carries over. So, yeah, maybe. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Glad to be with you. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. We will um, we will have guests for you throughout the course of the week. And that is in, in some cases a little bit of a moving target. Hey Dad. We know for sure, because he was on Thunder and Lightning earlier today, that we will hear from Dan Mullen. We'll play that interview for you. We know Borky for sure that K.J. Wright is going to join us later on this week. On Wednesday, yes, sir. Okay. We know for sure that Bo Wallace is going to join us. Whether that is going to be today or tomorrow, we're still working through some things. There are a bunch of, anyway, moving target. I'm sure we are. Hey, Dad, what else we got? Uh, former MSU defensive lineman Kevin Sluter will join us today at That's 520. Right. Member right. of the 1998 SEC West Championship team. Uh, tomorrow, the mayor of Tupelo will join us. Todd Jordan, former MSU quarterback. He will join us for a segment at 437 tomorrow. Did you want to get and him to talk that's about all have... the 92 game? No. He was I didn't want to get him to talk about that at all. I'm sure he was, but that means he was also part of 91 and 93. Mm. Let's focus on those, why don't we? I was negative one in 1991. Boom, roasted, both of you. I was a little disappointed. I listened to your your Dan Mullen conversation today, and all you asked him about were the wins. I mean, it would have been funny, let's be honest, if you had at least snuck in how was it? How did you make it through that year-long stretch of not sleeping? Yeah, like where you had to. I was it, done how, that. how many yeah. years in a row did he have to go? Two years without uh, without a single wink of sleep. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and look at that. Did you start that website? Was that you? Was that something you did in your free time? The countdown. The the clock. Until was that long? you? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I go find, go back and find you know the Cross Money LLC had the money behind that. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you you, if anybody knows uh, how hi. technically capable I am, you know, my ability yeah. to, to build <laughs> things on the interweb. Surely and, you could put a clock on the internet, you know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, if I there's know. like a if if there's a YouTube, you know, like how to video, maybe so, maybe, uh, pro- maybe. probably, probably. Um, I think I might actually know the person who did put that website together and put it out there. That's fine. I know who was Rebel Masoli on Twitter, so, you know, it's fine. 
Do what? I know who was Rebel Masoli on Twitter. I, what is that? The, that was a burner parody account when Jeremiah Masoli was at Ole Miss. Was it funny? Yes, yeah, so, well, it was one of the few that was actually funny, yes. Of course, it helped that, you know, I gave him some jokes. Mm, I got you. I got you. So, um, so Morky asked a question before the break. He said, did we learn anything from Saturday? I, I, I told you that I think I learned that Mississippi State is in a better headspace than they were a couple of weeks ago. That seems reasonable. I mean, you, you, you get starting quarterback back, get Woody Marks back. Is he, is he good, Woody Marks? We think I don't. I don't think I don't think he's a hundred percent. I mean, I know nobody at this point of the season is, but I mean, when you look at Pittman and Davis, had much better days running the ball than he did. He got twelve carries and only thirty-four yards. It, it yeah. just seems to be lacking some explosiveness. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, got not helped off the field, but had to the play had to stop to get him off the field at one point too early. I mean, it, I feel terrible for that guy. Uh, I mean, when healthy, he was running exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just yeah, hasn't... I saw I, he's. I think he's still the twelfth leading rusher in the conference, wow. despite the fact that he's he's only got like twenty carries over the last six weeks. When is the last time he played a game where he did not, at some point, have the training staff come onto the field and either help him off or walk off the? I feel, and and, and this is not a high knock. school. I mean, I, like I don't know that I've ever watched a game that Mississippi State is played in. Where Woody Marks didn't have the training staff come out to check on him at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's tougher than a two-dollar steak, but he, he just can't stay healthy as he needs to. So we'll see what he can contribute this 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 Thursday night. All right. So so better headspace. What about you? Do you think you learned anything this past weekend from watching these two teams? I agree with your 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 point that Mississippi State mentally is in a little bit better place. I mean, you've seen the video of, of Knox bringing that four-wheeler into the uh, the locker room. I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that State hadn't had a, 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 a response to anything like that in their locker room all season long. But that being said, do I think anything changed as far as the outcome of this game? No. I mean, Mississippi State beat up on a, a frankly, a bad Southern Miss team. I, I that, that doesn't change anything for me. Ole Miss, the way they played against ULM, I think it may have been a little bit of a combination of Georgia hangover and like like Borky was saying, you know, they, they, their minds are already set ahead to the Egg Bowl. So, yeah, for me, I, I don't see any reason to change a prediction off of anything I saw Saturday afternoon. There, there's one other thing from the Ole Miss game that that I think is worth keeping an eye on. Georgia wasn't a great litmus test for this, but. The injuries on the offensive line have created a real problem for Ole Miss. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not fully engaged and whatever else, okay, that can kind of lead to some sloppiness. But there is a hope that they get Jaden Williams back for the Egg Bowl on Thursday night. That hope feels like a necessity with the way they played Saturday. really need that to happen. Really need that to happen. So... Was it six TFLs? No, it was more than that. It was double-digit TFLs for Louisiana Monroe. And I mean, again, the, the, Ole Miss was extremely vanilla. I, I mean, shockingly vanilla in that game. But 
you should still be able to line up and just win one-on-one matchups, even if they know, even if it's Michigan, if Connor Stallion started working for Louisiana Monroe and knew all of Ole Miss's plays, you still should win one-on-one matchups against that Louisiana Monroe front. So losing Williams, they had to move guys out and, and out of position and bring guys, it was it was a mess, and they need Williams to play. Yeah. No, no, I I completely agree with that. Completely. So, they'll kick it off at 6.30 on 6 or 6.30? 6.30, which really means 6.45. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. When, when I become president, which I will run for president one day, my, uh, my first course of action will be daylight savings. We're not going to fall back anymore. Mm-hmm. And then second point of order is college football games will kick off at the scheduled time. And then three lower taxes. Boom. It just, it just feels like there might be things that could be more important on your Buddy, on your platform. Do, do you know what we're currently Maybe. doing there? Gallo, tomorrow at 6. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, it, are, are both games kind of exactly what you thought they would be in hindsight? I mean, Rodgers was back and you know wasn't particularly sharp. Mississippi State struggled some. Southern Miss was ready to play. Will Hall and, and staff had a good plan, and, and they kind of punched State in the mouth early. And then, you know, SEC talent and depth took over, and, and they won a game late. And Ole Miss was sleepy early. And this is not a shot at the fans because I mean they've sold out all of the important games this year, and it was it's Thanksgiving break and it's Louisiana Monroe at 11 a.m. But kind of a sleepy crowd as well. You got yeah, the Egg Bowl a few days later. Thought- Probably in terms of actual butts in seats at the Ole Miss game, probably forty thousand. You know, two yeah. two thirds full. Yeah, whatever. And what was the crowd like? I mean, I saw the announced crowd at State was fifty three, almost fifty four thousand. It was okay. Yeah, it was. It was better than I thought it would be. I think they were, they were around forty thousand. Yeah. You know the 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 sideline seats, the east side west side were pretty full. The, the student crowd was not big, but I, I'm not gonna. The students have been really good for State all year this year. Mm-hmm. I won't fault them for missing this one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you, and uh, I mean I think the truth of the matter is because we've seen it before. If you have a conference game on this weekend, and you're good, people are still showing up. They're gonna fill it up. The students will they, stay, right? They will. They'll stay for it. Yeah, but they're not. But yeah. If it's a non-conference so. game and just kind of ho hum, they're going to the house. Yeah, especially when the egg bowl's at home the next the same the next you know four days later. Also, USM brought a good good crowd too. There was a lot of black and gold in the stadium. Yeah, very good. Very good. So let's talk a little bit, just like five or six minutes on State and five or six minutes on Ole Miss, just a little bit about those games, and then we'll put that to bed and we'll kind of fully turn our attention toward what's coming up on uh, on Thursday night. So we're like, what, 24, 48, 72 hours away? Did I do the math right there? Yeah, 72 hours away and change from uh, kickoff – of the Egg Bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
genuine question. And I, I say genuine because it's – I'm curious about Will Rogers and what you saw on Saturday, and that's not a jab. It's – I was attempting – while calling a game to watch the Ole Miss game and the state game and well, there was a third game that was on also. Like, I, I tried to have three screens going, and I just couldn't do it all, so I finally had to back off. I did see one throw in particular where there was like a drag route, uh, kind of an underneath drag, and Will Rogers missed the guy by like five yards. And I was just curious, is that rust – is it the Will Rogers that we saw pre-injury just kind of continued? Is the left shoulder injury exacerbating problems with the right arm? What did you see? I'm sure there was some rust in there for him, but at the same time, I mean, offensively, this team just hasn't been good this year. Not just Will Rogers, you know, the whole team. So State struggling on offense and not connecting and, and, and dropping passes. I mean, Rodgers, on the other hand, he threw three or four great passes that were just dropped. He could have been well over 300 yards passing on, on Saturday if his receivers could make some catches, you know, but the offensive line wasn't great. I mean, that's just what this team is at this point. You know, I, 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 was, I was interested to see if they look different offensively with Arnett gone. You know, I've been saying that I think Arnett was a big part of why they were so conservative and now. I don't think that's it at all. I just don't think Kevin Barbet is a very good offensive coordinator, or at least he's not acting like one at this moment because the game plan was very similar, the execution was not very good, and you know they got 41 points. But you know, obviously, some of that came from a, they had a pick six in the game. Um, it just it just wasn't a very good offensive performance. Well, if you believe Greg Knox after the game, I mean he he said the running backs coach is the head coach now. We were going to run it. And they did. 45 rush attempts in the game compared to just 27 yeah. pass attempts. Yeah, and they did. And they were having some success running the football, so I get that. And like I said, some of those passes that were dropped were, were great throws. There was one right off the top of my head to Justin Robinson, to Xavier Thomas. Uh, Tulu Griffin, I think, was injured in this game, so he he didn't play a big role. Um, yeah, what's but by the and large, deal there? I think he's fine. He just He was just banged up a little bit. I think that you know, this isn't a very he good have offensive football team. Superhuman strength on Thursday night. He'll be fine. We we shall we shall see on that. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I said, I just don't think this is a good offensive football team. So you know, their their performance wasn't overly surprising. Yeah, um, it's a Southern Miss defense too that statistically is near the bottom uh, in the country and and a lot of things. Yeah. 244 on the ground. A bunch of different guys carried the football. Will Rogers went the distance 12 of 27. There was apparently not a package in there for Mike Wright. I don't know if that upset people or not. There were a lot of people that wanted to see that when Will Rogers was in the game. But Will Rogers went the distance in this one. Nobody else in the game at the uh, quarterback spot. I, I, like, hey, Dad didn't even grin when I said that. Um, 12 completions to... Wright took a couple about, snaps. Oh, did he? Just running plays. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, he didn't throw... I, I don't recall him throwing a pass, but he had a he had a, a one medium run there. He had about a twenty yard run. Uh, to me, there are, are are two things that stood out statistically in this game. Number one, Kyle Ferry was four of four kicking field goals. He made from 48, 29, 41, and thirty. That's good. Uh, young kicker goes four for four. That's a, a good day at the office. And then the other thing was. On the official stat sheet, I know a lot of people have said twenty and nineteen. 21 tackles for Buki Watson, including one sack and one and a half TFLs and a forced fumble. 
and 18 tackles for Jet Johnson with a sack and two TFLs and an interception. They combined for 39 tackles. Two players did. Yeah. We got a text a little bit ago. USM only ran 62 plays. So that means that there were only, uh, do the math with me there, uh, 23 plays where Jet Johnson and Buki Watson weren't involved. Right. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty incredible stat. They were everywhere. And everywhere. Johnson's and, and pitch what? after the interception was awesome. That looked like a designed play. Yeah. It literally, There was no hitch to it. He just turned around, pitched it. Marcus Banks is standing right there and takes it all the way for the, to the end zone for a touchdown. Buki Watson leading the SEC in sacks. With, he's got 10 now. As an inside linebacker is pretty impressive. Normally, you know, that's something that a defensive end or an outside linebacker is going to have that stat in. Yeah, I mean, these two guys are state's MVPs. If state, if they had not come back this year, I mean, the state's not great defensively as it is, but if they had decided to, to, to move on, I mean, Buki could have gone to the NFL, I think, and then Jet Johnson, I don't know about him, but he could have moved on at the end of the season. If they had, I mean, this team would be just in dire, dire, it'd be worse, much worse than it is. Somebody asked me earlier how State could beat Ole Miss. Like, you know, if they do it, how do they do it? And I said, Watson, getting after the quarterback. The the backs and the offensive line, and the, but the backs in the backfield for Ole Miss are going to have to account for him at all times uh, because he single-handedly can change the course of drives in that game with how effective he is at getting after the quarterback. And Ole Miss on Saturday struggled with uh, moving guys around because of injury. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's Mississippi State and their win over Southern Miss. Ole Miss thirty-five to three over ULM. It was seven to three at halftime. Uh, it was gross. Seven to three at halftime. Ole Miss came out and they scored on their first three offensive possessions of the second half. Created some distance. Created some separation. Had about a. It was about a fifteen-minute window of game time. Where they looked very crisp and very sharp. Yeah. And it was this? like they went into the halftime locker room. They're like, okay, guys, that's enough. Let's go out and execute and take care of business. They went out, boom, 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 boom. Game was comfortable. Got into the into the deeper part of the roster. It, it, it certainly did. At the end. Because in for the for the the last fifteen minutes of the game, I had to pull up the roster to be like, okay, who's this guy? Yeah, uh, names that I frankly have never really heard before. What well, were on the field for Ole Miss in the fourth quarter? Uh, Lane talked about that today some too. That they they made it a point to to do that earlier than they usually would. Uh, with the score being what it was, I mean the game was in control, but uh, really emptied the bench like the second they were comfortable doing so because you know they have a game in four days. And last yeah. year all their starters played what ninety snaps in Fayetteville. Yeah. Quinshawn Judkins went for 77. Ulysses Bentley, had, or I guess it was 65 for Judkins, 47 and a touchdown for Bentley. Jackson Dart did not carry the football. He did not have a rushing attempt in this game. He was sacked three times. Uh, Dart ended up being pretty good, 24-31 for 310 with three touchdowns. We're talking about Will Rogers and Segundo had a couple of drops. Um, I think about 97 times out of 100 you expect Jordan Watkins to catch that ball and just keep on running that uh, that he dropped in the ball game in which case uh, 
You got Jackson Dart up around 350 or so with four touchdowns. But nevertheless, 24-31, 310, three touchdowns, no picks for Jackson Dart. Dayton Wade led the way, seven catches, 108 yards. He had a touchdown. Priest Corn had a touchdown. Trey Harris had a touchdown, and Caden Lee had a touchdown as well. Also, Spencer Sanders, 4-5, 61 yards, touchdown uh, through the air for uh, for him. So, Ole Miss needs and wants Jackson Dart to play and play well. But I think you've seen enough in the last couple of games. And look, if you buy an insurance policy, you're buying an insurance policy to protect you in a worst-case scenario, right? You have a car accident, you've got insurance to pay to get the car fixed. Your house burns down, you've got insurance to cover the cost of building a new house. Life insurance, obviously, it's to protect the people that are left behind. It's a protection thing. Spencer Sanders was an expensive insurance policy this year for Ole Miss. That's exactly what he was. And people talk about, well, the the push Jackson dart and the, well, why did they spend NIL money? He was an insurance policy. And I think you've seen enough in the last couple of games to know that he may not be Jackson dart, but Spencer Sanders is plenty good to play quarterback and be effective. Yeah, he's certainly athletic. It doesn't look like he'd be as consistent throwing the ball, but whatever. I mean... And it was kind of a cool moment, right? I mean, I imagine the year didn't go the way he expected it to go. And, uh, you know, it's Louisiana Monroe in in a half-empty stadium, and he's played in a conference championship game. But uh, where he throws a touchdown pass, which is just a screen, and he comes off the field smiling, and he and Dart kind of hug each other. I thought that was, you know, that's kind of cool. Because the year, again, probably not going the way that he would have hoped. And in that moment, he could have been super pouty and, just nonchalant, but seemed to kind of enjoy that little spot. So that, that was kind of cool to see. But Dart's not 100%. I mean, there, there was a period in the game where he was unstrapping his helmet with just his right arm, which is better than uh, doing it with his left arm. It, it, his non-throwing shoulder appears to be banged up to some degree, and they had to retape his ankle during the game at some point. So all that to say that he threw for 300 and was incredibly efficient again. So... Yeah. So that was Ole Miss. Their uh, their win over ULM. It gets them to nine and two on the year, and creates an opportunity for the second ten win regular season in school history, the second ten win regular season in the last three years. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up the first hour with you. Right. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. Monday of Egg Bowl week, and we'll have lots and lots of content surrounding 
I like all the storylines leading into uh, into that ball game. But we on Mondays have some things that we do. We will have the blitz because you ask for it. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we'll get to some winners and losers. We'll talk about lines for some of the games that are coming up this week uh, involving SEC teams. We'll also kind of peek back at some of the stuff that happened around the country this uh, this past weekend. Wh- which game? Not related to the state of Mississippi, so national game last week, was most intriguing to you. There was some good football, especially Saturday night. It wasn't good football, but it was certainly intriguing. No, no, now you can't go to that one yet. Okay. That one deserves its own own segment block. Let's uh, remind me, let's save the last segment of the 4 o'clock hour and exclusively discuss the happenings at Jordan Hare. You know what? What the heck? Let's just do it right now. What was that? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't pay anybody to beat the crap out of me. I, that's not a thing I would spend money on. But Auburn spent $1.85 million to get the crap beat out of them. Man, it's it's a tough look, and losses happen sometimes. Whatever, but but when Hugh Freeze plays the Philip called the game when the team's bad, and I called the game when when we when we win. Wait, he and, didn't actually say that this week. I like I kept saying no, people were looking for it. Did, but, did anybody ask him specifically who called plays this week? If, if if they did, I missed it. But after the Arkansas game, when you say the phrase. I should have put my foot down earlier and taken over play calling earlier, and then you turn around and embarrass yourself against New Mexico State. That's tough. That's tough. Just just real quick. Tough look. Auburn ran the ball 26 times for 65 yards, an average of 2.5 yards per carry. New Mexico State. And some people were doing the That's a good New Mexico State team. Who lost to Hawaii. And UMass, and the best one, Liberty. After beating Liberty last year with Hugh Freeze coaching him, yes. Mm-hmm. Jerry Kill is is Hugh Freeze's kryptonite. Seriously, that and phone records. What was the number? What What was the number? In the past two years, there have been only two games where a favorite of yeah. more than 21 points actually lost the game, and both times it was New Mexico State <laughs> against Hugh Freeze. Yes. But I saw another stat, too. This is a crazy one. Since 1989, Auburn is the only team to cover a spread by winning by more than 30 and then not cover by losing by more than 30 or whatever it is. I forget the margin, but it's the first time since 1989 a team has been plus 21 over the spread and minus 21 under the spread wow. in two weeks. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Diego Pavi is a good quarterback for uh, for New Mexico State. He's had a nice season, throws for three touchdowns. Peyton Thorne, 148. They were just awful. Mm-hmm. Listen to these total numbers. 12 first downs for Auburn. 65 yards rushing. 148 yards passing, 213 yards of total offense while giving up 414. They didn't do one thing well. No. 
And clearly they didn't care because that Auburn, Auburn defense has been pretty darn good. Yeah. And they beat Arkansas to death one week earlier. Like it was the it was the oh they turned the corner game. But 48 yeah. to 10 on the road and we were like, well, all right, here comes Auburn. They got a little momentum. They're going to get it going in the recruiting thing. They're going to get the quarterback deal figured out and Auburn's coming. That's what you thought a week ago. A week yeah. ago today, you thought that. Today, you're like, <laughs> that's what you think today. That was my exact reaction. I cackled. That's what you just did. But, yeah. but when they hired him, did anybody think that something like this wasn't going to happen, though? Yes. I didn't think they would yes. lose to New Mexico State. Yes. But they, they're good. But they might lose to Mississippi no, State. They might Vanderbilt. lose to Vanderbilt. But not New Mexico State. No, I didn't think that. Uh-uh. And if you did tell me they lost to New Mexico State, it'd be one of those weird games where somebody banged home a 51-yard field goal with the wind at their back as time expired, or there was a quarterback whose arm was hit as he was letting it go, and there was a scoop and score to the house. Like, something weird. Not a... Not a public evisceration and emasculation, but that's what happened. Oh, boy. Tough times on the plains as they get ready for Alabama to come to town. Ole Miss is coming out on the field, and they'll be greeted with a familiar Bronx cheer. That, too, is traditional, just as other things are in this thing called the world of sports. Even if they don't score, they're controlling the ball. Powell fumbles, and Mississippi State recovers. The Egg Bowl, where the only thing the fans in the stands can agree on is that LSU can go to hell. Jack Prescott, Prescott. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. It's the Monday of Egg Bowl week. We are glad to be with you. You want to join the conversation? You're welcome to do that. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. And you get moved to the front of the line when you threaten to tell our sponsors we're talking about something you don't like. Eh. Eh. We got a couple of those today. Didn't like the game we were talking about. Didn't like the coach we were talking about. We're turning it off and we're going to tell your sponsors. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks. Appreciate the heads up. We'll try to we'll try to get to them and run some interference before you do. Um, thanks for joining us. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. I don't know if today's the day. I don't know if 
Today is the day for fall golf at Dancing Rabbit. That wind kicking up a little bit, a little chilly, got some rain coming through, but there will be days, and you want to be ready, and you can book your tee time at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, DancingRabbitGolf.com. And remember, place a $50 wager in the sports book, and you can get a $30 round of golf at Dancing Rabbit. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Glad to be with you. It's time for winners and losers. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? You can text us yours. We'll get to those coming up in just a few moments. Michael Borky, give us a winner. How about Delta State and uh, avenging a previous mm. loss in the playoffs? And uh, Patrick Shegog, who, uh, spoiler alert, is going to get my vote for the Connerly, threw as many touchdowns as incomplete passes in a playoff win. As many touchdowns as incomplete passes in their dominating playoff win. What was it? 49-14? Yeah, 49-14 the final score. Uh, He threw for over 300 yards, six touchdowns. 318, six touchdowns on 19 of 25. Shout out Delta State. That is awesome. 31 touchdown passes this season, 11 rushing touchdowns, only two picks. Yeah. And again, avenging an earlier loss, didn't play well in that game, and then just dominated when you got to see him in the playoffs. Delta State has a Connerly Trophy winner in its history. Go back, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Bright won the Connerly Trophy. Mm, when was that, hey, Dad? 2000, 2001? That sound right? Oh, one sounds right, yeah. It's, it's in that area, yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Ben because Ben, you you love your Delta State and we love you for it. Uh, Valdosta State Saturday at one o'clock. If you're in the area, you want to see some uh, playoff football. There you go. Gotta like that. Got to like that. Brian, hey Dad, give me a winner. The 25th ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs, mm. and I'm talking about the men's and women's basketball teams at Mississippi State, both cracking into the top 25. But I do want to focus on the, on the men there. Another great uh, midseason tournament for them. They go over there. They they played really well against Washington State. I tried to keep an eye on that while the football game was going on. Uh, they were pretty much in control the whole game. And then yesterday they did a nice job of bouncing back from some adversity in the first half. Uh, trailed by as many as twelve, but uh, cut it to two, and then uh, took the lead and, and dominated the second half. Josh Hubbard, what a player he is! SEC Freshman of the Week. He had twenty nine yesterday for the Bulldogs. Great get for them, man. I don't think anybody's happier that Kermit Davis got fired than Chris Jans because he got a great player out of that deal. (laughs) So, yeah, this Bulldog basketball team, I think they're legit. We're going to be talking about them all season long. They're going to be a tournament team. Roll your eyes at me for doing this. I know it's on brand. I promise I'm going to be fast. I got a golfer. Hey, Dad, I got a golfer on the winner's list. Ludwig Ludwig Auberg. We talked about him during the Ryder Cup. He had a great year leading up to the Ryder Cup, has come to the United States. Uh, he won for the first time. They're playing at Sea Island, and that's not 
you know, if the wind blows, that can be a difficult golf course. He made it look easy. Borky, 67, 64, 61, 61. A PGA Tour record 29 under par. Can you imagine being Mackenzie Hughes shooting 25 under for the week and not winning the golf tournament? That's what happened. Uh, he won it by four. Uh, there are a lot of people that think that is the first of many, many, many victories to come. Uh, we'll snake draft this thing. Let me give you one more winner real quick. Uh, everybody that was involved in putting on the throwback game at the Tad Pad, disappointed I could not have been there. I've talked to a lot of people that were there. Uh, I think it went better than maybe anybody actually thought it was going to go. Chris Beard seemed very, very pleased with it. The fans that went had a really good time. There was great energy in the building. I actually talked with Hugh Mina yesterday. Uh, he said that uh, at, at C Spire slash Cellular South, they were very pleased with how it turned out. It was just a cool event all the way around. And they went from saying they weren't going to stream the game to kind of last minute deciding to do that. And they synced up David Kellum in the radio broadcast with the video equipment in there. I saw Borky say that uh, he was there to tell everybody that the camera angle was better in the Tad Pad than it is in the pavilion from a viewing standpoint. It's true. It I mean, is. It's just geometry. It's not a unique I mean, observation on my part. No, no, no. Everybody was saying the same thing. No, no. I mean, it's just geometry. It's where the platforms are. So, uh, congratulations, everybody. That was really, really cool event. Really cool event. So, let's see, Snake. It's back to you, Borky. One more. It's, hey, Dad. Snake, me. Oh, you hey went Dad, first. You, That's right. Yeah, you, no, no. I, hey I know how. Yes, thank you. I know how it works. But, yeah. D, you do know how it works? I mean, in theory. In theory. Uh, let's stay with hoops. Jackson Ooh, State you stole my big win yesterday. They beat Missouri. That is a yeah, big did. win for Jackson yeah, State. Mo Williams get, getting the job done down there in the capital city. That that's that's it's gonna be an interesting team to watch. You know, if they can go and beat an SEC team on the road like that, they should be a real trouble in the SWAC this year. We might see uh, another team from the state of Mississippi in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Orky, now it's your turn. How about uh, Chip Kelly? So in the era of everybody's firing their coach except for Arkansas, we talked about it last week. Uh, uh, where, how about Sam Pittman? How about Sam Pittman keeping his job? Winner. That is uh, that is certainly something. Patience in the face of uh, in Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in the era of the 12-team playoff. Sticking with Pittman is an interesting call, but... It was reported last week that UCLA is going to fire Chip Kelly after the season. And then he turns around and beats the brakes off of USC in their rivalry game. He said, not so fast, my friend. Uh, talked about it after the game, addressed it, and basically was like, I didn't tell my team anything. I'm not going to talk about that with them. We just went out and played, and buddy, did they play. Maybe Chip Kelly's sticking around at UCLA. I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can do it, but they... I guess they might. Who did they play? Shout out to Dan Mullen for an absolute atomic bomb tweet on there when he asked, Are we sure the right coach in Los Angeles is on the hot seat? It just yeah, destroyed yeah. Lincoln Riley right there. Don't they have Colorado this week? Did I make that up? No, it's Cal, so they're gonna Cal. finish eight and four. If they beat Cal, they finish eight and four. Not, yeah, I mean it's it's a little disappointing, but that's still not bad. Can't fire him. Eight and four. You're not firing your coach for eight and four at UCLA, are you? No, you wouldn't think if so. If you are, your expectations are 
way out of whack. Very, very little self-awareness. Very little. Yeah. Mm. All right. What about a loser? Have we a loser? Uh, Caleb Williams well, we talked about Auburn. Yeah, we did talk about Auburn. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Uh, too many uh, college football media people feel the need to defend every take that NFL media people have. So Caleb Williams, a- after the loss, skipped out on uh, the the press conference again. Was asked, d- declined. And NFL guys are like, you know, that's not going to look good uh, to NFL front offices. You're going to lose in the league. You're, you're the face of a multi-billion-dollar franchise. You need to be able to talk to the media. Man up and do it. You lost a football game. And for some reason, people are defending Caleb Williams. He didn't have to talk to anybody. He was just upset, all that stuff. He's months away from being the face of a multi-billion-dollar franchise. Joe Burrow injures his hand out for the year, next day answering a million questions. That's what Caleb Williams needs to do. Don't defend it. It's soft. He needs to face that kind of stuff after a loss. He's going to lose a lot in Chicago when they draft him. Trust me. He needs to be able to face it. It's just, it's just not a good look. Not good. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Going through some winners and losers from the weekend. No fault of his own, but Jordan Travis. Oh, oh. I, I mean, I've got a little bit of moth to the flame in me. Like, I just can't help it. Because the the whole don't watch it if you're squeamish was floating around on Twitter and I hadn't seen it. And so I searched for the video and I watched it and I was like, oh, oh. But it's like you still have to see it. I didn't watch it more than once. Once was enough. But it's like, golly. Announces that his college career is over today. I mean, no surprise there. But he wants to continue to try and play football. What a what a bummer. And the double bummer for Florida State is when the college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow night, Washington is going to pass them. Mm-hmm. But they would have passed them with or without Jordan Travis. Like regardless, their yeah. resume got the better. The bigger issue is not only that, but even if Florida State goes undefeated, there's going to be real concern about putting them in because there's no Jordan Travis. That said, Ohio State did that when they lost uh, uh, J.T. Barrett in, in 2014. And here, you know, they have two games. They have the, uh, Somebody the game with Florida. Somebody else, the, the third string. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Braxton Miller was the other, other quarterback, right. but he had been out the whole season That's anyway. That's right, yeah. Um, but they have two games. They have the Florida game and then the ACC championship game with Louisville. If they win those two games, I think they should be in regardless, but we'll see. Just going back real quick to the the Southern Cal thing, Borky, I was thinking this the whole time you were saying, and then John sends us a message. We're like three weeks removed from the report that Caleb Williams wanted an ownership stake in an NFL team, which I don't even know that you can do that while you're an active player. Like, I don't think you're allowed for that to be part of the contract. I don't think. 
Because that, that would be ridiculous. Nobody. How do you would account do it. for that in a salary cap? Whatever you know. So so we've gone from Caleb Williams wants an equity stake in the team that drafts him to Caleb's too upset to talk to the media. Yeah. Yeah. It just it doesn't have to be defended either. I I, I don't understand. The, the the college football media's need to defend him. It's man, I guess it's just different, and they they don't either understand how the NFL works or whatever. But when you are a scout and you you have the choice between Drake May and Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams, I, I would assume according to them has more raw ability than Drake May. But when you've got two guys that you think are basically the same, arm strength, all that stuff, they 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 both got it all. They are the it guys. You have to look at other things, right? You have to figure out, okay, do they work hard? Do their teammates like them? Their teammates don't like them, why not? Drake May can make every throw, and he's also mobile. He is not as magical with his feet as Caleb Williams is, but he has a cannon. So if you're the Chicago Bears with the number one pick thanks to the Carolina Panthers, you're looking at those two, and you've got one guy that can't even face the media? Hey, I'm going to tell you another guy. He does not need to go top five. Because he needs... I don't think he needs to go to a bad team. Hey, Dad, credit. Although I think he like closed his eyes and threw it and thought he was hitting a bullseye. When he did it, he's like, ah, whoever the quarterback is at Georgia is going to be good. But hey, Dad did pick him to win the Heisman Trophy. Carson Beck. He's good. He's really good. His he'll arm, be the, the his first arm pick next year. Is big time. He'll come back and he'll be the first pick next year. Two incredible quarterbacks. You look about the SEC quarterbacks. Yeah, we this year we had these questions about SEC quarterbacks, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jaden Daniels has obviously been better than we thought. But we thought he was good. KJ hasn't really delivered. Will Rogers had a bad year. Dart's been really, really good. But next year, Beck, Milrow, Dart. Yours is in the conference next year. I mean, that's four elite quarterbacks right there. Yeah. Um, and there will be more to come with the transfer portal. Because it was not so local and the stakes were not the same, nobody's ever going to refer to fourth and 17 with the same glee around here that Brian Haydad refers to fourth and 25. But, but, but Florida's got one of those moments now. Yeah. Missouri converting on fourth and 17 to get the uh, the thicker kicker into range and ultimately have Missouri kick the field goal. Florida defense, you can't give that up. You'd already lost Graham Mertz in the ball game, who had actually played really well. And uh, Max Brown played pretty well in, in relief of him when thrown into duty. Florida should have won that game against Missouri. If they did not, Missouri won again. Missouri won again. So the eye test thing goes out the window, or at least it should. I mean, Tennessee got embarrassed by Georgia. That game wasn't as close as the score even indicated. I mean, Georgia just workmen like, we are better than you. And, I mean, Tennessee had what? It was like 200 yards after the first play of the game at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just dominated. But uh, the one guy that you can't let catch the ball, 
and Florida lets him catch the ball on fourth and seventeen. Burgers the the one guy you have to make sure, and and you don't. Burton is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. I said Burton. Burden. Luther Burden. And and once he got his head screwed on straight, he. I mean, it was that was the deal, right? I mean, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Is Brady Cook back next year? Yes. Has another one then. Put him on the list. Yeah. Missouri might be preseason number two in the East next year. Yeah. That's been a curse lately, though. Yeah, so it has. Any other losers we need to get to? All right, let's go to the text line. I think we did. They got their own segment. Okay. People got mad about it. (laughs) You know what is incredible? I mean, Hayden and I talked about it a little bit Friday. Correlation does not always equal causation, but J.J. McCarthy suddenly is having his worst games after they get exposed for sign stealing. It's amazing. I mean, the, the, the vaulted Maryland defense really made him look bad. And um, that's uncharacteristic for him, but suddenly started playing poorly. Interesting. Uh, C Spire text line, Dwayne and Brandon, winner, Dak, good game. Winner, Cincinnati Bengals. Without Joe, they are nothing. Is that supposed to be losers, Cincinnati Bengals? Maybe? Yeah, I guess. No, another vote for uh, Patrick Shegog is a winner with his six passing touchdowns in the playoff game for Delta State. Had loser, Missouri basketball. Arkansas also lost to UNC Greensboro. They did. That was on Friday night, I think. Think so? Yeah. Preston, Preston from Fulton says, good thing there's not an East or West in the SEC next year. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we forgot. You're right. You're right. Uh, they could be fourth in the conference next year. We'll put it that way. Loser. Colorado for getting everyone hyped up during the offseason and then absolutely blowing it. Hold on, though. No. No. Colorado was a great September story. Now, did the story get overtold? Maybe. But they were fun in the first month of the year. But people love to see a team built up and then torn down. And they deserve. Look, Colorado has had plenty of missteps along the way. The whole firing your offensive coordinator and elevating an analyst when you had a really good offensive coordinator and not necessarily blaming it on the play of your quarterback because his play hasn't been very good recently. Um, Colorado was fun in September, though. I really am interested to see what year two looks like for Dion in Colorado. So his persona didn't help him much because, you know, he's... uh, I will use conservative language. He's very confident in himself and his abilities. The media did them such a disservice, though. I mean, after two weeks, they were talking about how many championships is he going to win at Colorado? Are they a playoff contender right now? And everybody, including us and all most of our audience, knew that losses are coming. They're beating bad teams right now. They're certainly better, but the Pac-12 is nasty, and they're at the bottom of it. But that didn't stop every week. Colorado playoff contender. Colorado this. Colorado that. Shador Sanders is he better than Drake May? I mean, that's that's all media's fault, and Dion's to some degree. But they were overhyped by people that don't cover or understand college football with national platforms, and now they're getting ridiculed for it. 
Do Richard and Haydad have a bet on the Egg Bowl? Well, we get the season-long bet. Haydad agreed with that. Do you want to do side bet also? No. Just say, let's just go state dinner. You just tell me, what, what are the points? Get what? Right. How are you? Oh, I get points? Yeah, I'm good. it doesn't have to be straight up. All right, I'll tell you when we come back. All right. We'll do that coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We uh, we got plenty still to get to on this Monday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back with you right after this. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of this radio program, and they can be your official apparel provider as well. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Uh, really good stuff. And you can, uh, you can get 10% off by clicking the tab at the bottom of their webpage and entering your email address. So 10% off on your very first order. Actually got a different type genteel shirt on today. It's like a, like a crew neck sweater, but it's not like traditional sweater style. It feels more like a sweatshirt. Great stuff. Part of their uh, new fall collection. It's one of the new items that they've got that's available this fall. So whether it's golf shirts or outerwear, or pants, or shorts, or swim trunks, whatever it is you need, they've got you covered at Genteel. Genteelapparel.com, available at men's specialty stores across the state of Mississippi. So, hey, Dad, the current line for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, according to the odds makers, is 10.5. Ole Miss is a 10.5 point favorite. The total in the game is 55.5. I propose that... uh, in addition to our season-long, uh, unfortunately, does not include volleyball, um, soccer, men's they and split. basketball. They split in volleyball. Hey, look, man, I'm just trying to knock up, get a point on the board. That's all, that's all I'm saying. You, it, would, it would be meaningless. I understand. I understand. It's the same. It's I the same. But looking at that board and seeing one on there versus none on there, so, so we went with the same rules as last year, soccer, mm-hmm. men's and women's basketball, so that's two each in those. There are four baseball games, and you get the football game, and the football game is worth two. Which counts for twice. Which counts as two. So we'll have our season-long competition where the uh, the payoff happens at uh, at the Palmer Home for Children Radiothon in the summer. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I proposed perhaps we should have some sort of a side bet. We'll go steak dinner or something. We'll go like dinner. Dinner? Yeah, Doesn't have to be a steak. Okay. But is there like a better option than steak, though? It feels like, I mean, that's the the peak. I mean, I don't know. What if we're in Boston? We could have lobster. Steak greater than lobster. Steak chowder. Greater than chowder. All right. So what if uh, we're we're in Austin, Texas, and I'm like, let's go to Franklin's barbecue? You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that counts as steak, though. It's beef, right? 
Yeah, it's painful. Well, kind of. Kind of. The ribs right, are. So, so uh, we're not talking straight up just to win. I, I'll, I'll give points. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going with the official sure. line, or are, oh. is there, are you making a request? <laughs> I'm going to make a request. Okay. Uh, I'd like 21 and a half, but I'll oh, settle for 17 and a half. What? That they're they're gonna get beat up, man. I can feel it in my bones. You want me to give you a touchdown more than the Vegas line? No, no, not a touchdown more. Uh, a touchdown and a field goal more. But no, I want, I want he, twenty-one. He said and he and would half, settle but. for seventeen and a half. That's a full touchdown and extra point over the. I Vegas don't feel, line. and I, I'm just telling you right now. If you give me that, you're gonna win. Have you never? Have you ever been less confident in this game than this one? Since I've known you, I don't. Not, I cannot remember this vibe not at since, all. Not since, not since I've been in the media. No. This is the first time State's been a big underdog since '09. I, I'll give you 13 and a half. So Ole Miss would have to win it by two touchdowns. I'm gonna easily cover that. Easily. I have no, no, no. I know that we're not doing a side now. I'll give you 13 and a half and two meals to one. I mean, I just, I'm going to lose, though. I, I just, I, I don't have, no, no. But there's no points. We're not ever going to find middle ground. Give me I mean, I feel like I'm being generous at 17 and a half. Base. Ole Miss is going to win this game by like four touchdowns. Ooh. I mean, I'm still kind of up in the air as to whether or not I'm going to make that trip. But if you tell me Ole Miss is winning by four touchdowns, that I, I'm pretty sure feel, I'm going to ease on over there. You can travel with confidence. Mm. I'm going to have to think on that for a bit. Seven. I I, I can't give seven. You think you got? We got a few days. Okay. Hmm. What, what 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 say you? Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Is is me giving 17 and a half Is that a good plan or should I, should I do that or That's a lot of points. Uh, you know, I, I think if you settle at two touchdowns, 13 and a half would be fair. That I mean that's a field goal more than the the Vegas line. I think the Vegas line is really low. Why is that? Wait. No. No? I won't go there for the fishy line, but I I just don't I just don't I see state I've watched state play. I've watched the games. And I hey, just don't I think they're a very good football team. Speaking of the PTG Outdoors fishy line of the week. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one you two guys settled on, but the uh, NC State Virginia Tech. Boom. Mine was Louisville-Miami, and if Miami wasn't the single most undisciplined football team in the history of the sport dating back to its founding, then Miami would have won that game. I don't remember what mine was. I don't remember. I can't remember what you uh, you went at. Well, we talked about Washington being an underdog at Oregon State. Uh, Let's see here. I agree with Hey Dad. I'm a state fan. I don't even plan on watching the game. Ben says I think you might could actually give 21. Uh, 17 and a half is too much considering how Ole Miss came out last week. As an Ole Miss fan, I'm concerned. 
Give Brian as He said many he's concerned he about motivation. That, that I mean, they can come out and not execute and, or whatever, and maybe the offensive line doesn't get as healthy as they were expecting. If you think they're not, they're not going to be motivated to play this game, then Lane Kiffin is hey, not the coach t- you think he is, frankly. T- they're tell going you to what be. I'll do. Tell you what I'll do, hey, Dad. I'll go, I'll go 14 and a half, where a two-touchdown win is not enough. 13 and a half felt like the right number if we were going to go over Vegas, where a two-touchdown win could be a win. I'll go 14 and a half. Fine. I'm going to lose, but fine. <laughs> Mike in Oxford wants in on the action. He says he's... No, no, this is no. This is Hey Dad and me. This is Hey Dad and me. Mm, I like Hey Dad, but he is sandbagging. He wants a touchdown over the opening line, which is dropped for a team that's at home. Thirteen and a half is generous, even with cross money. I have watched this team play every snap of football it's played this season. I don't look. I don't want to bully you into it if you don't want to do it. If, if no, if, no, if not, we'll do it. No, it's, right it's fine. It's fine. Okay. God. Fourteen and a half. I wish I could buy that hook back. <laughs> at least get a push at fourteen. All right, so fourteen and a half. There we go. Uh, don't do it, Brian. He's suckering you. Hey, Dad is doing this so that if it happens, he can say, "I told you so." For sure, Hey, Dad is sandbagging. It's going to be close from an Ole Miss fan, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think so. I mean, Ole Miss, the line being 10 and a half, some people were were wondering about that. And I was just like, the average margin of victory for Ole Miss in their SEC games, you know, other than the Vanderbilt game, is right at 10, right? And you're trying to get me to give you 17 and a half. But I, I feel like Ole Miss is or out of state is closer to Vanderbilt than it is some of those other things. Maybe not Arkansas, but... I mean, they, they're just not a good football team. I feel like Ole Miss is going to strike early, and then the, the air will be out. Of, I think State will be really emotional. They'll come out charged up, and then Ole Miss will hit them for that opening drive, and it'll be 7 nothing. and then State will go 3 and out, and then it'll be 14 nothing, and then we're on our way. I got a question for you, for both yeah. of you guys. Which defensive line is going to get more pressure on the opposing quarterback? Uh, does Watson count? Yeah, but say State's defensive line hasn't gotten much pressure all year. Like I said, Buki Watson, an inside okay. linebacker, leads the team inside. is going to get more pressure on the opposing quarter? It, it's an offensive line question, and it comes from a text Ole message that we get that says State's offensive line is straight garbage. Ole Miss it's not is good. Ole Miss will be the answer. Ole Miss's that. offensive line is banged up, but you think you think the answer is Ole Miss Rebels get more pressure? Yes. One thing they have they get done, pressure all year. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, although they played Alabama really well defensively. I mean, they, they did. It just, they were on the field too long because of their offense. This Ole Miss defense has absolutely feasted on the not high-level teams that they've played. Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt. I mean, the those kind of teams, they have had great success at getting after the quarterback, tackles for loss, enforcing turnovers. It's it's just the truth that this Mississippi State offense is more like those teams than they are Georgia. 
So if that trend continues, then they should have success. They have against everybody, yeah. not the most talented teams in the country. What would you set the set the odds on a pregame fight this year? We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Forecast three days out. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, high of 58. Mix of sunshine and clouds, winds light and variable. Thursday night, the overnight low is 38, partly to mostly cloudy, again with light and variable winds. There's been a little bit of chance of rain in the forecast. Um... That seems to be lower than maybe it was a few days ago. So it's going to be gray and cold for the egg wall, right? It'll be dark at kickoff, so it'll be upper 40s at kickoff. I mean, if the high's 58 and the sun goes down at 515, it stands to reason that it'd be, you know, 49, 48. Does rain benefit Mississippi State? I think it does. Because Ole Miss could really exploit them vertically if it's not pouring rain. I mean, again, I don't mean to sound flippant, but is there anybody on Mississippi State's defense that can cover Trey Harris? One-on-one? No. There isn't anybody on Mississippi State's defense that can cover Bob Harris. Who's Bob Harris? I don't know. A plumber? So Ole Miss will have a, a matchup advantage there, but where State is really good, hidden in, in the down season, is linebacker play. Great linebacker play. So if it's kind of a, a bog and it's raining and you've got to run the football a lot, then don't you think that would be in Mississippi State's favor? You play on the line of scrimmage and let those two dudes go to work and stop the run? Yeah, but, but when, you, when, you, when it rains and you can run the football, that's a great thing. And with Judkins and Bentley, I mean, Ole Miss still has the advantage there. I was trying to see if I could quickly pull up rushing defense for Mississippi State this year. Uh, There it is, rushing defense, Mississippi State, and middle of the pack in the SEC, giving up 140 yards per game on the ground. Ole Miss actually giving up more than that, 157 on the ground for, uh, for Ole Miss. And then in terms of uh, a passing defense, uh, it is it is less good because Mississippi State, well, I mean, hey, Dad, they're still right there, middle of the pack, total defense, 354 yards a game is yeah. what they're That's allowed. come down a lot the last few weeks. But. Yeah. 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 All right, so I, I said before the break, what are the odds of a, uh, of a pregame scuffle, altercation, fight? Are you going to come to the press box? <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, I, I do, 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 do affects I do, my you answer. Better learn how to fly. 
because when I throw you off the stands, it's going to be the only way you have a soft landing is if you start uh-huh. flapping those wings on the way down, big man. You better you better go talk to one of those uh, power tool distributors we met on Wednesday to get you a forklift or something if you're going to pick you're going to pick me up. I no, nah, I don't think there'll be a fight. I don't. I don't. No. I don't think there will be. That's one of the things. It's obviously it's impossible to predict. I don't think I went into the 2018 Egg Bowl thinking there was going to be a. We had spent the whole time. Remember the 2018, like the whole season, we're like it's so much less toxic with Moorhead and Luke now than it was with Mullen and Free. And then you get a brawl in the middle of the game. So who knows? Put a firecracker quarterback in there, and things uh, things happen. 18 and 19 might be the most toxic Egg Bowls we've had. Because you had the fight in 18, and then 19, you have Elijah Moore and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, with Moorhead and Luke. So, pregame fight? No. Like, an actual fight? But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if some guys meet and there's some words Probably exchanged. Some chippiness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I don't sure. mean that. I'm not talking about 97. Not, not that. No. Not not the full on man. So if you were setting the odds, you would you would make the odds of a pregame fight like plus one nine hundred. Huh? Nine hundred. Like a fight fight. It's a, it's a, yeah, a fight fight, that's that's unlikely. Okay. Pushing and shoving. Like now that that would be a little bit a little bit better. Probably like only like a plus one fifty. And guys getting in each other's faces and yelling where the coaches have to separate them, like minus three. Min- minus 250. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. Because that's going to happen. I mean, you know, it's interesting listening to Ole Miss's players in Lane Kiffin today. I mean, Lane Kiffin specifically talked about getting the trophy back. You know, Ashanti Sistrong said, I think about this game every day. That That, that is a little bit different. Jackson Dart said well, he's still thinks about how he felt walking off the field last year. That That is different rhetoric, quote-unquote, than you've heard from Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss uh, in the years prior to this year. They are talking about this game a little bit differently, I noticed. Hey, Dad. Is this a game where, as a fan, you... I don't. I don't even know exactly the right way to phrase this. Is this more about winning or not losing? <laughs> it's more about winning. But I get is what you're it saying. more the joy of losing or the agony avoided of not the the, the joy of winning or the agony of not losing? The it's more avoided. more about the joy of winning. I see what you're trying to say, though. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this in the Pearl River. And one of the greatest games ever played in the long history of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Ole Miss has scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to defeat State 24 to 23. Wallace is going to run it. Go Wallace, but he bubbles a football. He's going to get it. It's Mississippi State. Jamerson now gets it, and the Bulldogs win it. It's time for the Sonic Drive of the Game, brought to you by your hometown Sonic Drive-Ins of Mississippi. The Sonic Drive-In, America's favorite drive-in. And perhaps as far as I'm concerned, the drive of the game may be my drive home from Starkville to Jupilo. And hopefully it'll be an uneventful drive. 
I do like Sonic. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour on this Monday of Egg Bowl week. We will have two more shows between now and kickoff for the Egg Bowl. Thursday, you'll hear bits and pieces from the week uh, put together in kind of a short best of that will lead you into pregame network coverage on the Ole Miss Network and the Mississippi State Network. And then on Friday, a full recap of the Egg Bowl. And Friday is always a fun show because you got a lot of football that is going on while we are on the air on Friday, so we will be reacting to the previous night's game uh, and also reacting in real time to the uh, the football that is happening. So that's the uh, the week for you, Egg Bowl week on Super Talk Mississippi. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of great restaurants, great live entertainment, great gaming, a fantastic sports book, and just nonstop activity. Learn more about them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Connect and protect. That's the newest plan from C Spire that, as a parent, gives you the ability to make sure your kids are taken care of while also providing them the device that they want. It's exactly what it says. It connects them with a phone or a device, and it protects them with parental controls and more monitoring options. Learn more at cspire.com. C Spire. Customer inspired. Five o'clock hours start things off like we always do with the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Let's bounce around the SEC from the weekend. One, hey, Dad, I, ah, Borky, maybe you. I don't remember who said this earlier. Georgia 38, Tennessee 10, but not that close. It was him, but he's right. It wasn't that he's close. right about that. That game was – I love Georgia. I love how they give you the freebie, right? Like, oh, you can score on the first drive. We'll give you that first moment play. of happiness before we – yeah. We'll give you that moment of happiness before we suck your will to live over the next three hours. Yeah, 75 yards, a one-play, 75-yard, 11-second drive, and Nealon is going bonkers. Dolly Parton in the house, Peyton Manning in the house, packed to the gills, the whole deal. And then Jordan was like, okay. I'm still feeling this thing out. They go on a long 51 yard drive, kick field goal, make it 7 3. Like, and, and then it's like Georgia just goes, All right, we're good now. And then it's 10 to 7, and then it's 17 to 7, and then it's 24 to 7. And then they give up a field goal right before the half to make it 24 10. And then just and, cruised. And then two more touchdowns in the third quarter and just cruised to the end of it. Yeah. George's, you guys like Billy Madison? Great movie. Mm-hmm. George's yeah. like Billy Madison, where he goes out to the yard to play dodgeball, and he's never played dodgeball, doesn't know anything about it, and he gets hit with the ball, and little kid tells him that he's out. And so he walks back into the room, and Miss Lippy's doing that weird dance, and she sits him down to tell him that you know she needs her personal time, and he needs to go out and play dodgeball. He goes back out and plays dodgeball. Kid throws the ball at him again. He catches it with one hand and says, now you're all in big, big trouble and just starts beating third graders with dodgeballs for the rest of the scene. That's Georgia. They get hit once. 
They go talk to Miss Lippy, which is Kirby Smart. He tells them, okay, go back in, and now they're in big, big trouble. Maybe, maybe the best analogy we've ever had on this show. Maybe the best analogy we've ever. I had, had to show. get all the way through it to make sure I knew where he <laughs> yeah. was going. But yes, it was. It, he it got took there, a second, though. but you got there. It was there, a long and, and winding that road. That was a good one. But we Borky. got there. I like it. We got there. Yes. Well, well done. Uh, Georgia finishes I, I with 156 going on, in on the here. ground. Yeah. <laughs> Proceed. Carson Beck, 24 of 30, 298, and three touchdowns. No interceptions. Once again, not sacked. Um, <laughs> Lad McConkey did not play I'm, in the game. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing Miss Lippy at a Georgia Vassar for the rest of my life. Lad McConkey didn't play, and so uh, just, you know, had some other guys step up. Marcus Rosamie, Jack Saint, seven catches, couple of touchdowns. Dylan Bell, was it six catches all season long? He had five for 90 and a touchdown, and oh, by the way, threw a touchdown. I'll raise my hand. And say I was wrong. Mike Bobo has been really, really good calling plays this year. Really good. He has exceptional pieces. Yeah, but he also is racing against go-karts with a Ferrari. That helps. I was very critical of Mike Bobo, and he has done... Yeah. An exceptional job at his job this year. No doubt. Just, just saying. Uh, Bama beats Chattanooga. UT Chattanooga. UT Chattanooga. Um, the Missouri-Florida game was great. That was a really entertaining football game. 33-31 was the final. Did you guys watch most of this one? Basically every snap. I, I did, too. A long layover. My flight was late, and so I just sat around for a long time watching it. And it's kind of back and forth. Florida led seven to three at the end of the first quarter. Missouri was up thirteen to seven at the half. Let's see. At the end of the third quarter, it was what twenty three twenty one Missouri. And then Florida took the lead. They got within two on Travis Etienne's touchdown. And then they kicked a field goal to make it 31-30 with a minute 36 to play. And then you got to that final drive for Missouri. And they executed when they had to. Um, and, and wasn't it, who's our best guy on the field? Let's give it to him. Let's, let's give it to him. If Ole Miss ends up in the Citrus Bowl, which I, I still, I'm just not convinced that Penn State and Louisville, all these teams in front of them are, are just going to, to win all of these games. College football didn't work like that. But if Ole Miss ends up in the Citrus Bowl playing Iowa, you can thank 4th and 17 Florida defense for that. Because it would have been a very simple, Missouri loses, Ole Miss would then have taken that spot should they win on Thursday night, a very important thing. That would have been it. You don't have to watch any other game. Missouri loses. You're in. Congratulations. Instead, you could be left out. Again, fourth and 17 defense could cost you an access ball. Look, here's how that final drive for Missouri went. Which one? Ole Miss-Iowa. If they end up in the Citrus Bowl, that is the likely opponent. 
Oh. This was this was the final drive for Missouri. Started with 136 to go. Complete for two yards. Second and eight. Incomplete. Third and eight. Gain of 13. First and 10. Five-yard penalty for a false start. First and 15. Complete for two yards. Uh, I'm sorry, complete for a loss of two yards. Second and 17. Incomplete. Third and 17. Incomplete. Fourth and 17 from their own 33. Brady Cook to Burden for 27 yards to the floor to 40. First and 10 from the 40, incomplete. Second and 10 from the 40, complete for 11. So now they're down to the 29. And then they go spike it, line up to kick a field goal. Actually, they got another 16-yard gain. Took a timeout with seven seconds left, five seconds left, and... Mavis hits a 30-yarder chip shot. Boom. Mizzou wins. Great game. It was. It was an entertaining football game. Really Great game. crowd, too. Missouri, that's five straight sellouts for Missouri this year. The rock formation behind one of their end zones drives me nuts, though. Drives me crazy. Put some seats there. What are we doing there? Or just, you know, get yeah. rid of the rocks and make it a turf M so you can just fill it with people. Instead, you've got... Some poor dude that bought the cheapest ticket he could he could buy he's sitting on a pointy end of a piece of limestone. I mean, what are you doing? He's got to get there earlier and find a limestone in a flat spot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, man. Uh, LSU beat Georgia State by a bunch, fifty-six to fourteen. More video game numbers from uh, Jaden Daniels. Texas A&M thirty-eight to ten to go seventeen and zero against uh, non-conference opponents from the state of Texas since twenty twelve. <laughs> Incredible tweet. I'll take tone deaf for 500, Alex. That's your college football fix. We'll be right back. Bull is just days away. And this is your spot for late-breaking news on State and Ole Miss. Sports Talk Mississippi on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk app, and always on your local Supertalk Mississippi station. Back of you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. It's the Monday of Egg Bowl week. And our first guest of the week joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Defensive lineman Kevin Sluter from Mississippi State played on the 96, 97, 98, and 99 teams for the Bulldogs. Uh, which means his Egg Bowl record was 3-1. and one. So, Kevin, we really appreciate you joining and really would like to spend a lot of time talking about the 1997 game, if uh, if that's good for nah, you. Nah. I think that's where we'd like to focus today. <laughs> yeah, so we were 3-1. Three, three and one. We're actually a, an inch away from my hand from being 4 and up, so I still still remember very vividly uh, the two-point yeah. conversion. It flew, it flew right by my hand when we would have finished 4-0, and oh, but, hey, you know. Well, I guess it just makes you a bum, Kevin. I mean, you know, you could have been a hero forever, and yet here we are. 
That's right. Could, could have went back to back, uh, taking care of the rebels back to back, but in years. But uh, yeah. hey, you know they they made a great play and they they converted the two point conversion and and life moves on. Hey, let, let's walk through. Speaking the of great, no, 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 you're done. Speaking of great oh, plays, Richard. Yeah. Speaking no. of great plays, Kevin. You had one of my favorite ones in Egg Bowl history. You may be the last defensive lineman to have scored in an Egg Bowl when you took that touchdown back in 1996, that long run. Just sort of take us through that play and, you know, how close to dying were you when you got to the end zone? <laughs> i tell you the truth. The, the, the close to dying was the part, you know, it had been raining all day until there was a puddle there when the guys jumped on me. I'm face first down into the puddle. So, yeah, the, the dying part wasn't the running. It was the, it was the after effect, uh, you know, the celebration with everybody on top of me. So, uh, yeah, but, no, it was a great great play. Our defense really showed up that day. Joe Lee, you know, came out that day, last game of the year. And, uh, uh, obviously, with the record, we knew we couldn't go on to the postseason play. So, uh that afternoon, he decided to play some young players, and I was one of those guys. And, uh, you know, Greg Favors, Eric Brown, those guys had a field day and just uh, right place, right time, picked it up, and uh, uh, the rest is history. So, and, and then one of the best Egg Bowl spite moments of all times is Coach Sherrill going for two with 30 seconds left in the game, up 15 to nothing, and asked after the game, well, that's what the chart said to do. He had to have a chuckle in the locker room after that. That's right. You know, these days they'd say the analytics, right? You know, back then we had right. charts. We didn't have the, the actual true analytics. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess so. You know, under a minute, hey, you never know what could happen in a minute. They could have scored twice. Uh, so I, I agree going with two, <laughs> especially in that game. You, you got to get all the points you can get in the egg bowl. Kevin, I read somewhere that that's the only touchdown that you scored in your entire football career. Is that accurate? Uh, not. I scored one or two in high school, but uh, okay. fairly accurate. Uh, the, the kicker is ninety. It was a ninety-eight or ninety-nine. There was a ball laying there against Oklahoma State, and I go to pick it up, and I just stumble. Uh, I saw green greenfield in front of me, and just uh, <laughs> just you know crashed out there. So, hey, uh, was so was the had, field a couple. was the field in '96 the sloppiest conditions you played in while you were at Mississippi State, or was there another game that was was sloppier than that? I'm going to say 96 Egg Bowl was pretty sloppy, and then I believe it, 97 down in Baton Rouge was pretty pretty nasty too. They had just a good old good old Southern rain down there in Death Valley, and uh, that that field was pretty uh, pretty gnarly that day too. And of course, you know the likes of Kevin Falk and Cecil the Diesel Collins. Uh, he had a had a pretty good day against us. So, Kevin, let's go to the 98 Egg Bowl. Of course, you know, the, everybody remembers winning that game and going on to the SEC championship. But that game was so special for, for Mississippi State with J.J. Johnson coming off the bench and, and you know, not playing at 100%. What was his me- – he had to have had some sort of, of message before the game saying, you know, if he's playing at that that level, what can you guys do? Right. You know, that, that's the thing. You know, just that whole day was special. You know, actually, you go back to the week before against – uh, against Arkansas, you know, the way we won that game and, you know, then turn around back on Thanksgiving night and just, you know, from the time that we we left uh, Grenada there and then pulled into to Vaught Hemingway and, and the fans being there just waiting on us. And you could tell just the excitement was built up and just really a pent-up demand for those fans to try to do something. And then, you know, J.J. just laying it all on the line. And that was, that was the type of player J.J. was. He, you know, he put his, you know, put his team first and, uh, it didn't really, you know, put his body second that night. But he knew, he knew how special that game was, and uh, you know, obviously to the whole state. And you know, the crazy thing is, 25 years later, I never would have dreamt it would have been, you know, the night we, uh, night we clinched the West. But 
you know, here we are, and I guess we'll go down as uh, with the way the new way the new SEC is going to be. I guess we'll go down as the only team to win the West. You certainly will. Kevin Sluter, former defensive lineman at Mississippi State, joining us, talking about some some Egg Bowl memories. So, ninety nine that that's your senior night. And mm-hmm. to have that game unfold the way that it did in your last home game in Starkville, did, did, did that just kind of give you the exclamation mark at the end that, hey, this was this was a really cool way to finish it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, that just, you know, we had, you know, the two games before that, at, at, we were 8-0 going into Tuscaloosa, and then, you know, things didn't go our way. And then the very next week we play a very tough road game up in Little Rock. And again, we we were a better team, and just things just didn't go our way that night. And here we are, you know, on a two-game losing streak, and you know things look pretty bleak there late in the fourth quarter. But you know, one thing about Coach Cheryl and Joe Lee, they, they told us, you know, hey, keep playing, play these things out. You know, there's going to be tough moments, there's going to be certain plays in the game, you know, that are going to change it. And you know, and you know, here we are. Uh, you know, that that play that night that was special, and just to, you know, to end it with the kick the way it was, you know. To be my last game, you know, on Scott Field, it was a, couldn't, couldn't end it a better way, especially in the Egg Bowl. I talked to Dan Mullen earlier today, Kevin, and, and I think something he had in common and Coach Cheryl had in common were that, and they are the most successful MSU coaches of, of the modern era, is they put such a great emphasis on this game. I think it's important to to do that. What was Coach Cheryl's message every year around this time? Yeah, you know. I, me being, I'll tell you, me being a, a guy who was not from a Mississippi, you know, being from Pensacola, Florida, you know, I got my first experience the first year, 95, when I redshirted, and you really see how much it means to the people in state. Just, you know, a lot of those guys growing up against each other, playing against each other. And then it's big for recruiting, uh, you know, to try to keep, try to keep the guys in state. And, you know, and that's where, that's where Coach Cheryl had a lot of success. You know, he, he was able to keep the guys in state that didn't let them get away to, you know, to the Auburn, to the Alabama, to the LSU, he was able to go get the big dogs and keep them in state. And, uh, you know, I think that's the key to winning at both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think if you can put a fence around the state of Mississippi, Carbelt, your areas around Memphis, you know, into Alabama, Little Rock, those kind of things, there's where you can have success. And that was one thing, you know, that they did. But just, you know, to see the passion, uh, you know, I hear I am in, in the panhandle of Florida. I got Florida, Florida State. And I tell people all the time, it, it does not, there's nowhere near the passion there is as in, in the Egg Bowl uh, for the whole state. And just to see, you know, see the two, the, the two fan bases come out and just, let's just face it, they, they hate each other, you know, for, for one solid night, they are a solid, solid week. They hate each other, and it's uh, you know, it's it's good and passion, you know, and yeah, we we need that in college football. I love to see, I love rivalry week, you know, from all over, and uh, you know, I, I know each state will probably two thirds is the best, but man, there's no better passion than in Mississippi uh, this week. Kevin, you mentioned 25 years since you guys won it. Uh, you were back on campus with your teammates not too terribly long ago for uh, that 25 uh, 25th anniversary celebration. How cool was that to to walk back onto the field and and the way you guys were were kind of welcomed back and and cheered because I mean it looked like it was just electric pregame for that ceremony. Yes, it, it was the uh, the athletic director and the whole staff who put that together. You know, Coach Cheryl sent out something. Hey, we're going to have a little reunion. You know, and we're thinking, okay, you know, they'll do something or whatever. Maybe they'll we'll walk out in the middle of the field, but. You know, they told us. They said, "Hey, we're we're going to take you to a secure area. Family and kids need to go up to the uh, 
up to the stands and wait on you, but it's going to be worth it. So they kind of kept it as a surprise. And then we go down to the tunnel there and just to, just to really walk out there and see, you know, the fans embrace and the, the loud, the crowd, you know, at the time you could hear the Cowboys. I never knew there was music playing until I went back and saw a video, you know, of the, <laughs> of the music playing. So it was just that loud in there. And just, you know, I think it shows there was a lot of people who came up to us pregame at the tent, you know, telling us memories about that team. And, you know, for us guys getting together, uh, 25 years later you know it was it was a, it was a great weekend uh and i thought they did a really good job and you know a lot of us old teammates were trying to keep in touch more and trying to do reunions on our own uh where we can all you know relive those moments because you know one thing about that group those years of that group was a special group just because of how tight we were and it didn't matter if it was a player a coach a trainer a manager the police officer who escorted us, the bus driver, we were just one big family with a common goal, you know, who got along and just did things. And it's one of the most special group I've ever been around. Uh, you know, I, I, I volunteer coach at high school now, and we're in the third round of the playoffs, and I still tell memories of that. I say, hey, if you can come together, you can do really, really special things. And it's not just players. It's, it's, it's the staff, the support, the coaches, everything that goes involved with it. And that's what that group had uh, in the 90s late 90s. Kevin, good luck with the high school playoffs. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You as well. Appreciate the time. Hell State and uh, go to hell Ole Miss. Kevin Sluter, former Mississippi State defensive line and lineman, uh, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll take a timeout. We're back with you in the Pearl River Resort after this. What do you say two and a half hours later? Let's blitz when we come back. This week, are you more excited for the turkey or the egg? Getting you ready for the Egg Bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, here's more on the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on Super Talk Mississippi. the next couple of days, we will be wall-to-wall getting you ready for the Egg Bowl on Thursday night. But let's recap the weekend that was in college football. It's time for the Blitz. That started on Friday night. UTSA winning 49-21 at uh, home against South Florida. Huge night throwing and running the football for Frank Harris. That was part one of setting up a massive game this coming Friday in New Orleans. We'll get to the other part in a second. Washington State beat Colorado 56-14. Washington State had been a a tailspin after a good start to the year. They need one more win to get to bowl eligibility. The Northwestern Wildcats are bowl eligible after a 23-15 home win over the Purdue Boilermakers. Who would have predicted this? Back in July or August when coaches were on the way out, interim coach coming in, he's now the new head coach, and Northwestern is going bowling. Orky mentioned earlier that Miami is not competent. Well, Louisville was competent enough, 38-31 in front of hundreds, if not a couple of thousand fans inside Hard Rock Stadium. Orky, you tweeted about that. The crowd was awful shockingly bad and uh, the team just undisciplined had chances to win and bad penalties dumb mistakes it's tough you want elevated stakes for a game that's going to happen in three weeks 
The nation's game. Army and Navy. Army is five and six. Looking for bowl eligibility. Wait, would it still count? They would have already set all the bowls before that game, wouldn't they? So this is going to be it for Army, but they can still get to six and six with a win over Navy at the uh, at the end of the year. They won it 28-21 over Coastal Carolina. All right, here's the other half of what I was telling you a second ago. Tulane went to FAU and they won 24 to 28. They're 10 and one on the year, and so UTSA and Tulane will meet in New Orleans at Yulman Stadium on Black Friday with the winner going to the American Conference Championship game to face SMU, assuming SMU wins against Navy. Alabama 66-10 over Chattanooga. A couple of bad teams in the Big Ten. Michigan State 24, Indiana 21. Yuck, with the win, Michigan State moved to 4-7 on the year. Maryland gave Michigan all it wanted and had a chance with the ball late, turned it over. Michigan 31, Maryland 24. It sets up an undefeated matchup in the game with Ohio State coming up this week. J.J. McCarthy, very, very average. Actually, maybe below average. 12 of 23, 141 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. He did not look good. No, and to a junior, two bad mistakes, one interception, throwing out of his own end zone, and then an intentional grounding. Uh, that kind of cost Maryland the game. They had their chances, couldn't capitalize. Yep, Talia Tonga Vailoa, he was okay, but not good enough. Oklahoma 31 24. That game was tied 24 apiece going into the fourth quarter. Sooners get it done. They are 9 and 2. Penn State moves to 9 and 2 with a 27 6 win over Rutgers, who's 6 and 5. Rutgers will be playing in a bowl game. Texas AM is now one win away from being Texas 8 and 4. After a 38 to 10 win over Abilene Christian, they're going to have to uh, deal with a group of LSU Tigers that might have a little revenge on their mind against the Aggies coming up on Saturday. Navy moved to five and five on the year with a 10 nothing win over East Carolina. Questions about the future of Mike Houston at ECU? That is a passionate fan base. They don't do well with two and nine in Greenville, North Carolina. Hey, Dad, you look like you got something you want to say. No, no I'm just listening. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I... Uh, what a battle in Memphis. 38-34 shootout. SMU over the Memphis Tigers. SMU 7-0 in conference play, 9-2 overall, and again, a win away from going to the American Conference Championship game. Rice beat Charlotte 28-7. Rice needs a win over FAU this week to gain bowl eligibility. Uh-oh. The scene in Harrisonburg, Virginia was incredible on Saturday morning. Now all you got to do is go out and win the football game and stay undefeated. But! But then... Overtime, Appalachian State 26, James Madison 23. And that was after James Madison scored a touchdown and converted on a two-point conversion inside a minute to go to force the overtime period. West Virginia moves to 7-4 on the year, 42-21 over Cincinnati. Tough transition year for the Bearcats going from the American to the Big 12. They are now 3-8 on the year. The Arizona Wildcats are just flat good. Yeah, they are. Eight and three after a 42 to 18 thrashing 
of the Utah Utes. There's some people that cover A&M that are connecting Jed Fish to that opening. That would be a good hire. That's, not, that's why they're not going to make that it. That would be a good hire. That would be a good hire. That, that would hey. be a good hire. On Texags, they've already announced that Chad Welton to Mississippi State. So. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, wonder how informed they are. Uh, remember when Butch Jones was going to get fired? Remember when Arkansas State got beat 77 to nothing to start the year by Oklahoma? Well, they scored 77 of their own on Saturday. To become bowl eligible, G.J. Kenny and Texas State go down 77-31. Arkansas State is 6-5. The the wheels have come off for Duke. Virginia 30, Duke 27. Remember that win against Clemson early in the year? That was a good win for Duke. That was fun. Distracted coach, maybe? Maybe. Notre Dame 45, Wake Forest 7. Sam Hartman not kind to his old teammates. Did you see what happened on the sidelines that game? I did not. So apparently Notre Dame has hot chocolate available to their players on the sideline during football games. Water-based or milk-based? I don't know. But Sam Hartman's day was done. They took his helmet. They put the backup in. And he's walking around the sidelines with a hot chocolate in his hand. And a student, he said 30 rows up in the student section, dunked a marshmallow into his hot chocolate from the student section. He said he's walking around. One dunks into his hot chocolate. He's looking around for his teammate. Nobody's there. And then in the corner of his eye, he sees a girl in the student section losing her mind with a bag of marshmallows in her hand because she made one in one of the players' hot chocolate cups. That's uh, <laughs> pretty awesome. We talked about Georgia's win over Tennessee, 38-10. to Carson Beck threw for three more touchdowns and 298 yards. Clemson is now 7-4. and four. The resurgent Clemson Tigers put one on North Carolina, 31-20 to at Death Valley. How about Tyler? I should, mean, should have called the coach's show earlier. I guess so. NC Why State couldn't have been 35? Tyler from Kosciuszko or Ackerman or Boca Chitta or something up here with Zach Arnett? Goodness. We tried Bob from Boca Chitta and it didn't work. Maybe it's just a South didn't Carolina work. thing. I guess, uh, yeah. NC State 35-28 over Virginia Tech. The NC State Wolfpack is now 8-3. and three. Go figure. Another good win for Dave Doran and NC State. TCU pops Baylor in the mouth. What a tough year for Baylor. The question is, are they going to make a change with Dave Aranda? TCU needs one more win to get to bowl eligibility. 42-17, they win over Baylor. Point total in Illinois-Iowa was 31. Okie took the under. Iowa 15, Illinois 13. Gatorade bath for Brian Ferentz on the sideline after the win. His final at home as the Iowa offensive coordinator. Uh, Oh, wow. Wrong coach in Los Angeles on the hot seat, said Dan Mullen. UCLA, Ah! 38-10 over Southern Cal. And by the way, Southern Cal's done. That's it. They're 7-5. Remember they played in week zero, had two open dates? They're done. No more games for Southern Cal. Get two Southern Cal coaches in a sombrero. We've had Lane Kiffin. Now we're going to get Lincoln Riley at the Sun Bowl. Ohio State looked really impressive in a 37-3 win over a Minnesota team that's got a good defense. Kyle McCord threw for 212 and a couple of touchdowns. He was efficient. Oregon 
absolutely smoked Arizona State. Five touchdown passes in the first half for Bo Nix, 49-13 the final there. Weird up-and-down year for UCF and for Texas Tech. Tech wins at 24-23 in Lubbock. UCF needs a win in the season finale to get to a bowl game. Florida State lost Jordan Travis for the year. They trailed 13-0 to North Alabama. Then they ripped off 58 unanswered in the win. Can you imagine in a rivalry game losing 15 in a row? That's Kansas. K-State 31, Kansas 27. Wisconsin 24-17 over Nebraska. The Badgers are bowl eligible. Nebraska has to have a win in the season finale to get to a bowl game. Washington 22-20 over Oregon State. That was a fun game. Oregon State really shot itself in the foot. They had chances. A couple of turnovers hurt them. Razorbacks win 44-20 over Florida International. Hunter Juracek tells us that Sam Pittman is going nowhere. South Carolina 17-14 over Kentucky. Gamecocks need a win over Clemson to go to a bowl game. Texas now 10-1 with a 26-16 win over Iowa State. And that is your Blitz. We'll wrap it up with you next. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line. If all the stars align and the football gods smile down on state and they happen to pull off an egg bowl upset, what bowl do you think they would go to? The good well, first off, I've been saying this. State is in position to be a five and seven bowl team with their APR. And when you look at the SEC, I know. It, 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 I know. But when you look at the SEC, Florida, likely 5-7. and seven. Arkansas is not going to make a bowl. Vandy's not going to make a bowl. South Carolina, likely 5-7. and seven. The SEC doesn't have enough spots. doesn't have enough teams to fill all of its spots. So if State goes to a bowl, even at 5-7, and seven, they could very easily end up in the Liberty Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl, one of the normal SEC spots. Hmm. Well, we will uh, we'll see if that turns out to be the case. James Madison and Jacksonville State also, even though they got their waivers denied because the NCAA is terrible at everything, uh, they Did could. Did see McAfee's opening on game day? Yeah. You know, Ooh. I saw Tony Barnhart say this, and, and you know, I agree with him completely that that scene is why we need to at least give the quote unquote little guy a sliver of opportunity. I mean, that was incredible. It was great. Almost 30,000 people out there at game day. Those fans are absolutely nuts. And there are millions more people that grow up on James Madison football and the like than Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama. The the overall health of college football is really important to me. I mean, maybe not to a lot of people that just... Well, I only want the, what's best for TV, and, and I understand that. I mean, you're, you're looking to be entertained, but, man, college football needs programs like James Madison to matter. 
it's so good for the health of the sport. I, I mean, I talk about it all the time. I grew up on a smaller level than that, and that's why I love football today. It's not because of South Carolina games or Clemson games that I went to. It's because I went to 10,000-seat Paladin Stadium and watched Lewis Ivory run the football. That's where however, I love the sport. However, if you had grown up going to South Carolina games or Clemson games, you might would have fallen in love with it. Probably no, so. Nonetheless, and I mean, that's kind of the cool part of it. It's like whether you go right. and you follow a team that's smaller or a team that's big, it's it's your team. Mm-hmm. And there's this connection that's there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, tip of the cap to the James Madison fans. That was, that was a great scene. And then great they lost. Scene. And then they lost. And uh, it, it happens, right? They, they put a scoreboard up there and only one team wins. And they it does didn't. happen. Um, hey, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, Check out my friends at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. They got you covered, right? Whether it's a truck, F-150 from the Ford lot or a Tundra or a Tacoma from the the Toyota lot, you're looking for a car, you got the Camry and the Corolla, two of the best on the market for the last million years, or maybe it's a, a big SUV like the Expedition or the Explorer. They got you covered. They'll take care of you. Not a pushy sales experience, long, long, long time in the car business, over 100 years in the automobile business. Been a Ford dealership since 1961 and located there on Highway 6 West since the early 1980s. New and improved service department. It's larger, and they will take care of you. Routine maintenance, they'll come get your vehicle if you're in the Oxford area. Pick it up from you, perform the service, and bring it back. No hassle, no sweat, and it's free. That service that matters from Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Visit them online, or better yet, stop by and see them in person and test drive the car or truck or SUV that suits you, whether it's new or used. From Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West, and tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, somebody said earlier, state may stink, but you're really raining on the parade this week. But they they need you what to like? uh, what am I? To pull yourself. I'm like a clown. Um, I'm here to amuse you. I'm like a clown. How am I funny? Funny how? You're not. What? I'm I'm here to amuse you. No, they what? don't want you to amuse them. They want you to uh, pull for your team. They want you to lie to them and make you believe that there's a modicum of not. hope, even though there is. I am none. no politician. No, nah, I'm not a politician. I'm not running for office. Hey, All you get from come, me is the truth. If we come here on Friday and Mississippi State has won mm-hmm. this game on Thursday night, mm-hmm. are you just going to sit mm-hmm. down with a smile and be like, I sandbag you morons all week long and you <laughs> You sandbagging son of a... Uh, no, I'll, I'll be really, really happy and I'll, I'll rub it in your face, but I will not claim that I sandbagged you for one minute. I have no faith in this one. Oh, man. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll do it again tomorrow. Look forward to it. Have a great Monday night. Stay dry. Stay warm. It's gross out there. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.